to stay He put a song in my soul today A song of His praise Hallelujah All right Well, I've been kind of singing that one in my own spirit this week, so I enjoy the choir, but every once in a while I have to let my own come out. Oh, he brought me out of the mountain clay. He placed my feet on a rock to stay. He put a song in my soul today, a song of his praise. Hallelujah. song of this praise How many of you can remember the day when sin's burden was taken off of your shoulder Prophet Isaiah said the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing Sister Inge is going to sing for us now. Glory, glory. Hallelujah. Since I laid my burden down. down? Amen. (laughs) You know, we're the only ones that can do that. We're the only ones that can lay. I'll just take this out. We're the only ones that can lay. 
down. God can't lay them down for us. It's a choice. It's a choice we have to make. He's willing to take them if we're willing to give them. And uh, we just have to decide whether or not we're going to do that. Father, we thank you this morning that you are here. And Father, you are here so that we could lay our burdens down. Father God, you're here that we can follow wherever you may lead. Father, we are here because you have changed us, oh God. And we just worship you and thank you this morning for what you've done and what you're doing, Lord. And Lord, whatever burdens we've brought in here this morning, Lord, we don't need to ignore them. And we don't have to pretend that they're not there. But we can give them to you because you are the God who carries our burdens. So Jesus, you are the one who said, come to me if you're heavy laden. And I will give you rest. So, Father, we receive that rest today. We receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oh. Chairs are different. Yeah, there was a shower here last night. So we just left the chairs the way they were. But uh, thank you, Lord. This Spirit of God is here. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Mm. Anyone with a testimony this morning? Anybody want to want to say hello to Walter? It's so good to see you, Walter. Walter and Agnes are back from heaven, <laughs> Newfoundland. Anyone get a uh, anything you want to thank the Lord for this week? Okay. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm. Anyone else? Yes. Isn't it wonderful to be able to stand up and say, God is good? I mean, really. And to say it not as just some kind of thing, like a postcard or something, but to actually be moved in your spirit enough that you're saying, God is good, and I want to say that. You know, that's worth something, isn't it? That's really worth something. Anyone else? Mm, That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. 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 Margaret.
Yeah, that's right. Thank you, Margaret. Anyone else? Up you go, Jerry. That's right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes. Yeah, really, that's how you know, you know, that's how you know you've been converted. Because we're all in the process of being converted. Every day we're converted a little bit more into Jesus and hopefully a little less into the world and us. But when you can stand up and say and thank Jesus for the pain. That's something you don't hear in the hospital very often. Somebody said, trying to exhaust the mercies of God is like to try to drain the ocean of the creature. Mm. Mm. Have you ever heard that? Yes. Have you ever exhaust the mercy no. of God? Yes. It's one of the great revelations of suffering has brought me is the realization that God's love never changes. Oh, you know, I've been saying it for 42 years. There's a difference between saying it and living it. Yeah. it, it that, that process, how God brings us from the, the wild statements of our youthful zeal into the living reality of them, that's a completely different thing. That there is nothing that's going to, you're not going to wake up one morning and, and God's going to say, well, you know, I don't have anything for you today. Uh, you, you've exhausted me completely and I've got nothing left, right? It's never, it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. And it's a terrible thing to live feeling that that is what God feels about you. That is terrible. Anyone else? Isn't that beautiful? No, nobody can undo what I have done. So what has God done in our life? He's brought the realization and the understanding of Jesus. He has given us his Holy Spirit, his word. Nothing is going to undo that. Nothing is going to undo that. And we don't have to keep going around and tying the knots and hoping they don't give out and the rope breaks. God's got it under control. He's got this. He's got it. He really does. Amen. We receive it, Lord. We receive it. We receive it. It doesn't matter the condition. It doesn't matter. It's the position we have in Christ. The condition, even though it's, we're, you know, we spend an awful lot of time trying to fix our condition instead of reminding ourselves about our position in Christ. And it's, it's natural when you're having a tough time and a hard time, but there's something powerful when you think of soldiers someone goes to boot camp and they learn all about you know war 
and they learn everything that they're supposed to do and what the the how to take care of each other and what you're supposed to do to defend yourself and all this stuff. And that's fine. And you've got your pack of guys that you're with. But there's something different after they come back from the war. Yeah. And it's it's always intrigued me to hear of these guys who would go back to Afghanistan two and three times or back to wherever it is because there's something special that happens between a group of people when they go through something rough. And you can learn to, you know that when you go through boot camp that your guy beside you is supposed to protect you and you're supposed to protect him. And that's great, and you believe that. But once you actually get into the battle, and it happens, and you see someone covering your back, and you're covering someone else's back, all of a sudden there's an incredible bond that is created. Heard the interview with this guy saying there's just, they would leave their families, their children, to go back to Afghanistan to be in this place of whatever that is. It's a place where it's utter dependency and utter security at the same time. And I think there's something about walking with Jesus and the things that have been said here this morning that we know we read the Bible as we first came to Christ and we read it and we said, oh, yeah, that's true, that's true, that's true. But once you get in the foxhole with Jesus and once you finally discover that he is watching your back, that he is protecting you, that he is making a way, something happens. That word all of a sudden becomes a living reality in our life, and that takes time. It takes time. And we can't really get that unless we go through the tough stuff. It's the tough stuff in discovering that Jesus is with you and that he has got your back, when you come out the other end of that, you are a different Christian. You are a different Christian. And so when we hear these promises about God is good and that God is not going to let anything unravel and all these things, many of us have learned that that is true. And you might be in a situation where God is trying to teach that to you. We just won't get it from the page. We just won't. We can read it, and God will give us maybe faith for it, and we know it's true. But once we're in that dark night of the soul, once we're in that situation that has no answers, once we're dealing with that pain that won't go away, then you start finding another kind of depth in our faith and a depth with God. It's an amazing thing. It, it, God will finish the good work that he has begun in Christ Jesus. And it, uh, it's just, I, I was thinking about it. I'm going to read this scripture, Psalm 23. Everybody knows Psalm 23. And if you don't, you will soon. Because life will, will squeeze it out of you. But the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. We could just stop there. And there's some of us that would go, uh, well, I don't quite understand that. And some of us who are sitting here going, I know exactly what that means. And the people, if you're sitting there and don't quite understand what that means, God will show you. Just keep going. Just keep going in life. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. That's beautiful. He's leading us to bring honor to his name. Somehow through our walking through the valley of death, it's bringing honor to God's name. That's an amazing truth. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. Okay, now there you go. There's, there's, there's the tough one, right? 
because it can make us feel like we're not supposed to be afraid. And like I said, it takes time. It takes experiences. It, we have to learn how to trust God. Yeah. We do. We have to learn how to trust him. He understands that. He knows that, you know, we just don't read scripture and all of a sudden we trust God for everything. He knows we're not made like that. He, he designed us. He, we're creatures that we need, to, we need to have some experiences before we trust. And he even tells, you know, Paul's telling Timothy, you know, get deacons, but let them, let the, check them out for a while to see if you can trust them before you make them deacons. So you have to, there's a process to learning whether or not someone is trustworthy. And we're in the process of learning that God is trustworthy. Some of us have been through stuff that we know that we know. And then there's other of us that are just going into those situations and some of us that are in the middle of them. But what's interesting is that it, it never ceases to amaze me how you go through a very difficult time and you go, wow, God, you were there and I trust you. And then you're walking along. <laughs> And then the next one comes and you go, um, mm, is he going to be here this time? I wonder if he's going to be here this time. And what we're hearing this morning is that he's promising that he will be. So I will not be afraid. I always would say, uh, especially in therapy, I'd say, I am learning how not to be afraid. I am learning how to trust. I am learning how to love. Um, it's just the process of growing. For you are close beside me. And the Lord is beside you today. And he's beside me. And your rod and your staff protect me and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. God is in the midst. He is in the midst of the mess. And it's like Donnie said, he shows up in our mess. I was talking to a pastor this week and we were just going over some situations we're dealing with and and he just started to laugh and, and you know both of us trading stories about people and ourselves and everything and he just laughed he said we are one hot mess. We really are. He said humanity we are one hot mess. And we just started to laugh, right? And it is through this hot mess that God gets honor. Somehow he gets honor. And over the last little while, about the idea that God is in the midst and he prepares a banqueting table for us in the midst of the difficulties. And we say, well, what does that banqueting table look like? And sometimes it's not very grand, but it's simple and and very, very effective. I've been finding dimes. For the last eight months, I've been finding dimes. Dimes. Now, first of all, who in the heck even has dimes anymore? Like, who actually has a pocket full of nickels and dimes? Not many people. Well, Roseanne Uh, and Gary, okay. Yeah, finding dimes. So I'm going, well, Lord, I don't know. It seems to be you're getting, trying to get my attention anyway. I'm finding these dimes. So yesterday, I was home from my walk, and I was walking, and I went this strange way, and I came a different way than I usually do, and I thought, should I go up the Barrens again? And I thought, yeah, I'll go up the Barrens again, and then there's a picnic table up there. It's so beautiful, because you're looking out over all of Sambro. And uh, I said, uh, so I'm uh, sitting down, and I look down, and right between my feet is a dime. (laughs) And I had said to the Lord the other day, I said, Lord, I haven't been getting any dimes lately. I said, oh, maybe it was just a thing. But, and then I looked down, and there's a dime. Now, I could have kept on going past the barrens. I could have chosen not to go to the barrens. I could have chosen to not go for the walk. But I went for the walk, and there was a dime. And I said, Lord, you truly do guide our steps. You really do. The Lord knew that he was going to guide me up there, And I was going to sit down and find this dime, and it would mean something. It would mean something to me, that God is with us. God being with us does not mean everything is all right and everything's okay. We would have to be deaf, dumb, and blind not to understand from Scripture that Jesus said, in this life we will have trouble. 
But what's so beautiful is we stand here today or sit here today and, and the people that have stood with testimonies, they're saying, God is with us. I trust God. God is good. Like, we got to take a minute and stop and think about that. When you think of what the world's going through and what is happening, sometimes we can lose the magnificence of what God has done in our life. That we can come to a church in the mess that this world is in right now. And I mean, it's talk about a hot mess. It is in a hot mess. And we can have the struggles that we are all having. I know most of your struggles. You know mine. We could be seen as a hot mess at times. But yet in the middle of it, and I don't think any of you were lying, you stood up and have these testimonies about the goodness of God. This is a miracle. It really is. I mean, this is not something to be just put away. This is an amazing thing that we can come and have this attitude in the midst of a world that's going berserk. And I just, I just think it's an amazing thing. And we're so fortunate to have it. Tuesday night, we had a prayer meeting here. And again, you don't know what God's going to do, right? You just don't know what God's going to do. And uh, every Tuesday night is different. And Tuesday night, we had a full-blown No, I won't say full-blown, because when we say full-blown, it makes it sound like it was outrageous. But someone got delivered uh, Tuesday night of something. And it was so beautiful because it it happened very, very calmly, I think we could say. Very calm. Uh, uh, Tricia and Stephanie prayed for this person, and just this beautiful transition happened, happened in their life. And... Uh, you know, not a bunch of screaming and hollering, but there was, there was something really dealt with, and it left. And you go, thank you, Lord. But the prayer during it, because we didn't know that was going on, the prayer during it was all about God. I just God was birthing something. He's just bringing something new. He's doing something. He's breaking darkness. He's bringing forth light. And Roseanne was getting it. A lot of people were getting it as we were praying. And this wonderful freedom came for this person. And you go, oh my heavens, Lord, this is so beautiful. This, that God wants to do this. He wants actually to do this. But it also struck me the travail of prayer it took. Uh, again, we didn't know what was going on, but we knew something was going on. And the travail of prayer that went on for the better part of 40 minutes, just strong and persevering. God is in our midst. He's in your midst. He's in my midst. He is walking with us. And we just can't judge that based on how we're feeling or what our experience is. You know? It goes on to say in the 23rd Psalm, You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me. Notice we are not pursuing him. He's chasing us. Will pursue me all the days of my life. God is determined to love you. He's determined to heal you. He is determined to lift you up. He is determined to make you everything that you have been designed to be. I'm going through some beautiful teachings with Ray and the mentoring group about the grace in the Old Testament. And uh, we're going to have a teaching starting on Tuesday night in the, in the near future about the Old Testament. And the, we cannot disregard the Old Testament. We really can't. It is the foundation of the New Testament. And if we don't understand what's going on in the Old Testament, we will not totally get what's happening in the New Testament. But when we were talking about the different uh, sacrifices in the Old Testament and how the nations around Israel 
often demanded these extreme offerings, like they would kill their sons and daughters to offer them to their gods. And they would do all of these crazy things to try to appease this angry God. But yet, on the Israeli side and in our life, and when we we look back, God made grace so available. He made it so available. He said, listen, if all you have is a pigeon, give a pigeon. He chose lambs and rams and cattle, of which they had thousands of. So it wasn't really costing them anything to do the appeasing that would take away the sins that were on them. It was something very, very common that they had. And it's just, again, a picture of God making it as easy as he could for his people to find grace and forgiveness of sins. Because all he's really looking for is the willingness to be forgiven. That's what he's looking for. He took care of the sacrifice. He took care of it with Adam and Eve. He took care of it with Abraham. When Abraham was going to sacrifice his son in that deranged kind of way that the world was thinking at that time. And even though it was, and there's a lot of theological dispute about, about that whole thing. But what we do know is that once he was about to kill Isaac, God said, no, 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 I'll provide an offering. And Abraham actually said that before he went up the mountain. He said, the Lord will provide the offering. He said it to Isaac. So whether or not he had some something that he knew that, who knows. But what we know, God is always stepping in to provide what is needed for you and I to have his grace and mercy in our life. And you know, God's not asking us for a lot today. He really isn't. Like, he's just saying, give me what you've got. What's that in your hand? Like, what do you got? And you've got some time. You've got some money. You've got some health. You've got some giftings that he's given you. And he's just saying, just give me that. And we'll work with that. And all we have to do is come to him. You know, in John, the book of, uh, I think it's First John, where he says, you know, if we say uh, that we're in the light, yet we walk in the darkness, we're liars. We're liars. And, and what that means is if we continually walk in the darkness. It's not, you and I are going to have, we're going to fail every day. There's some thought we shouldn't have, some action, some words, some, you know, it's, but it's when we continue in that without repentance. But it's so beautiful that all we have to do is come to the Lord and confess it, and he's willing to forgive. We don't have to do any gymnastics, spiritual gymnastics. We don't have to do anything like that. We don't have to pray five times a day. We don't have to do all these things. We just have to come to the Lord and Jesus is interceding for us. So it's just, I guess the point I want to talk about today was just that God's in the midst with us. He is there and he's going to finish what it is that he's begun in us. He's going to finish it. He's made a promise. And, you know, based on Tuesday night, you know, you go, boy, like God's here. God's with us. And we have every reason and you have every reason to expect God to meet you in your physical need, meet you in your spiritual need, meet you in your mental health need, meet you in your relationship need. God is in the midst of that with you. And he's going to give you, if there's if there is some kind of healing that's down the road, well, he's going to keep you until you get to it. He is. Just keep believing. Just keep, keep looking towards the God that is in the midst with us and that he's bringing honor to his name through our life. It's a, it's a crazy, amazing thing. And I, I'm just kind of, kind of taken with the dimes this morning. That God has these little ways, you know, these little ways of, I've been thinking about this guy who lives next door to us over here. 
he moved in, and I kind of wave every once in a while, but he's, he's, he kind of keeps to himself. I did a, a burial on Tuesday, and uh, it, um, you know, it, it, was, it was good. You know, you try to say a few things, and you try to get a little bit of Jesus in there if you can and try to make something personal for the person, and we're standing out. It's at the, the gravesite, and it's cold and stuff. But anyway, at the end, uh, someone, this person comes over and says, I just want to thank you. That was really good. And I said, do you live in Fairview? He said, yeah. I said, do you live right beside Mosaic Church? He said, yeah. I said, oh, my heavens. His name is Gary. So if you want to pray for Gary. And I said, God, you're so funny. You know, here he is at the funeral, and I'm, you know, God guides the steps, right? God guides the steps and puts the pieces together. So, Lord, we just thank you for what you're doing. And we thank you that, Father God, we can lay our burdens down like we prayed at the beginning. And, Lord, today, I just want to give opportunity for those who came in here today with burdens. And, Father, that's okay. That's okay. But, Father, we want to give it over to you now. So those who have burdens today just want to stand, and we're just going to ceremonially just give them over to Jesus in an act of faith. Lord, you know the needs. You know the situation. Father God, you know all the things that need to be fixed. You know it all, Father. And today we just pray and ask that Jesus, we just take this burden off our shoulders. And if you can, just picture it in your mind, taking that burden off your shoulders and putting it over onto Jesus's. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you are our burden bearer. Thank you that you took our burdens to the cross. Thank you that you bore our sins and our shame. Thank you, Jesus, that because of what you have done, we have been cleansed. Father, thank you that you rose from the grave, Jesus, and you brought with that rising the power and the authority of God Almighty. You broke the chains of the enemy. You destroyed and judged the works of the enemy. And today I speak this over this church, that, Father, chains will drop off, fetters will be loosed, freedom will come, health will return, strength will return, hope will return. Father God, your divine purposes and plans will be manifested, Father, because, Lord, you said you would finish what you have begun in Christ Jesus. So we praise you and bless you and thank you for your divine provision and hand in our life today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. And Lord does all that for two reasons. One, because he loves us and we're his kids, so that we can go out and tell people about it. And I, I you know, we just need the Lord. We need that joy of the Lord. That propels the testimony. And the Lord's doing it. The Lord is really doing it. I did that exercise this week with visualizing my burden being put onto Jesus' shoulders. And the picture I got was really neat because he, he, looked, he had it on and he looked up at me and he said, now you go play. Isn't that a beautiful statement? He said, I got this, now you go play. God, God wants us to be happy. Not happy the way the world's happy. It's a different, that's, a, that's an amusement. A distraction, an amusement. It's got a soulish nature to it. Um, but, I mean, I could be driving in a Lamborghini and it would make me happy for a while, but eventually it's just a Lamborghini. And you just, you know, but there's a happiness that God wants us to have that is because we are free, we are in him, and we, our burdens are being held by him. And what we are and what we are not 
does not matter. His love is still there. It's not going to run out. He wakes up every morning with us, loves us just as much as he did the night before, loves us just as much as when we were born, looks at us the same way. And we can depend on that and go, wow, wow, wow. Like, this is great. This is wonderful. So God is good. Um, Let's take up an offering.